father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Welcome to What's Lightsabers Precious? The Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where we waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. Hello. Hey, so the new J.R.R. Tolkien biopic is coming out soon, and guess how the Tolkien estate feels about it? They love it. They are not fans. They love Predictably, it. Predictably, they endorse it in no way, and they have been very explicit about that fact. They love the now, movie. Now, what could possibly in the movie that's objectionable? I don't know. I think they just sort of knee-jerk reject almost everything. It's probably all the car chases they added in. They had, and also the the after credits scene where they they all eat falafel. <laughs> well, they all eat shawarma. No, it's like he's he's writing his book, and then around the corner comes C.S. Lewis writing an eye patch. He's like. I want to talk to you about a little thing I call the Narnia uh, initiative. The Narnia initiative? Also, why is he wearing an eye patch? You make him sound like Nick Fury. That's, that's the joke, Joanna. Oh, wait. And Iron Man came around the corner and says, I want to talk about the Avengers initiative. Ryan, listen. Yeah. I don't know things about superheroes. You've seen these movies. movies. I've seen them once when they first came out. You've seen You're these asking movies. a lot for I'm me. This is not a podcast not. where you educate me about the Avengers, clearly. Yeah, so that's my Lord of the Rings news. When's that coming out? It is coming out the same day as Detective Pikachu. Well, screw that movie then. I'm seeing Detective Pikachu. Uh, well, Ryan, well, you can see both. You can see two movies in one day. No, okay. I want to see Detective Pikachu. May 10th. May 10th. May 10th, yes. And Detective Pikachu Day. Detective Pikachu, well, what Ryan lovingly refers to as Detective Pikachu Day, yes. It's a national holiday. We're all going to take work off. We're all going to see the movie with the with the Pokemon. Yeah. Cool. Uh, or at least, yeah, cool. Cool, man, cool. So, what news do you have? Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we talked. Yeah, sorry we weren't here last week. I mean, like, not really that sorry. You're not sorry at all, Because, Joanna. like, we were extremely busy. We were. We had a lot going on. But I can't remember what it was, but it was going on. Things were happening. Release some more information about Galaxy's Edge. This time, in regards to what the employees, or should I say, cast members of the park will be wearing and saying in the park. Well, presumably they'll be wearing Star Wars costumes and saying the sort of things that Star Wars characters would say. And if they don't, they get banished to the cold and dark tunnels beneath the park. Where Walt's frozen head waits waits to be revived. Where he harries them like a buzzard. Yes. (laughs) So I have a few of these phrases if you want to learn them. I know you're going to apply for a job there, so I want to make sure you have all the lingo down before you go in for the interview. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so in English we say hello, right? You, you seem so. to be you seem to be like awfully confident about that, Ryan. With no objective reality, do we really say anything? Do we really know anything? So in English we say hello, right? In Batu Ease, the planet Batu, they say bright suns for daytime and rising moons for nighttime. But what if it's not a bright sun because it's raining out, and what if you can't see the moon because it's cloudy? Then in, you're just a liar. In English they say farewell. Batuis has four different ways to say goodbye. I've never said farewell because I'm not living in the 1890s. Or goodbye, or see you later, or sayonara suckers. You know, there's a lot of ways you can say goodbye to somebody. Very well, lady. Good tidings to thee. No, in Batuis you say, may the spires keep you. Hell, spires? Why do I want spires to keep me? What spires are you talking about? It sounds kind of a little bit threatening. Like, may you be kept in a spire. I don't want to be kept in a spire. You also could say good journey. That's okay. a good one. Till the spire. 
What is this? You're not even going to tell me what the obsession with spires is? I you didn't even bother looking it up, did I, you? I think B- Batu, the galaxy's edge port, is going to have some spires that are part of the landscape. That's my guess. Okay. I mean, one can only hope. Also, of course, may the force be with you. So you're going to leave the gift shop. You have your, your new, you have your, your Jar Jar Binks ball cap that talks and they'll say, may the spires keep you on the way out. And you'll say, and also with you. Yeah. Happy spire day. <laughs> Mary yeah. Spires! Spire off to ya. Spire you later. God bless Spires that we love. Anyway, let's say you ask a question and you say, hey fellow, he- hello, uh, some, you know, some normie, some guests at the park, they're wearing their, their Mickey ears and they have their big camera around their neck and their Hawaiian shirt and they're like, duh, duh, duh. I would argue that nobody at Disney is a normie. Everybody I've ever seen at Disney has been a straight up freak. Well, this guy's a normie and he's like, duh, duh, duh. so where's, uh, 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 where can I meet, um, Shrek? And they would say, I don't know, right? Well, but you would say, like, on the Shrek ride. There's not a Shrek ride at Which is at Universal yeah. Studios in Orlando, Florida. So instead, instead of, I don't know, you say, only the ancients know. But that's not true. Not only the ancients know. Anybody with uh, an internet connection who can Google or Where Shrek Universal is. Studios in Orlando, Florida. Or if you download the Shrek Tracker app provided by Universal Studios. The Shrek Tracker app. Where's he at now? Where's Shrek at? He's right behind you. <gasps> oh, my God. Let's say that same normie's walking around like, duh, 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 I got my Shrek Tracker app out. Duh, 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 duh. And the, the cast member would say, hey, watch where you're going. You should look up from your cell phone, right? But in Star Wars land, they don't have cell phones. Instead, they call it a data pad. Okay. And then the doofy doof is, is like walking around and say, oh, I think Shrek might be in the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> we got He's, a spy on Shrek taking a leak. And he'd say, well, you don't say bathrooms in Star Wars either. Remember, you say refresher. Yes. Say the refresher's yes. around the corner. May the spire be with you. I love how like you're... Th- uh, concept of a normie is a grown adult who's like furiously seeking Shrek at Disney Park because <laughs> Desperately seeking I have to Shrek. tell you that is not normal behavior. So they they're, they're over by the by the bathroom and there's I'm really thirsty and the employee would say go go to the water fountain. Well, in this case, he'd say go to the hydrator. I only drink spit straight from Shrek's mouth. <laughs> he says, and some kid nearby looks at you and starts crying and. He said, kid, shut up. And you say, no, no, no. That's a youngling, right? Yes. And that youngling is in a youngling transport. That is to say, a stroller. A stroller, a youngling transport. So keep those ears open. Now you know, when you go in for your job interview, Joanna, you can impress them with your Batuese phrases. Remember when we went to Disney and we, we had that scavenger hunt and it was like oldest kid in a stroller? Yes. That we could find. What was the oldest kid we found in a stroller? He was like four or five, I thought. No, I, I'm pretty sure he was a solid seven. At least seven years old. It was a real big kid. Legs were sticking out of that stroller. Like, that was a big youngling. That was an old youngling. And a very big, actually a big youngling and a small youngling transport. He was like an ogre-like youngling. He, he was, was a, drinking that Shrek juice. He was, a Shrek, he was Shrek. It was a Shrek-like <laughs> child. He literally saw Shrek in a pram. All right. Well, now we're back. I'm sure you've stored up great information over the last two weeks to, to share with the class and teach us something about the Lord of the Rings. Oh boy, have I, because Ryan, it's Siblings Day! Is it? No. <laughs> it was like a couple weeks ago or something. I well, know. right on time, yeah. Like, I don't Day. pay attention to these holidays because I think they were invented by Facebook, and I vigorously refuse to look at any evidence to the contrary. I think you're right, though. I think it's a made-up holiday. that people just, It's an excuse to I post I mean, every people. holiday was made up by someone, I guess. But yeah, it's just an excuse to post pictures of you and your siblings. So Facebook can track them and try to sell you things, like sibling friendship bracelets, or like sibling shirts, or like sibling juice. 
Juice? Juice. Juice, no. Juice I don't want to sibling. hear anything about siblings. Sibling. So you're going to teach me about siblings. Well, I know how siblings work. There's usually a, uh, brothers or sisters, and they come from the same parents, generally speaking. Yep. Uh, sometimes they're from yep. adopted. Sometimes, yep. they're, sometimes they've, uh, you know, shared uh, parental units, or maybe they're, maybe they're just like, they've grown together, and they're like blood brothers or blood sisters. Yeah. And they've shared blood. Yeah. And blood. I think that's called sibling juice. Is blood? It is blood. We're gonna we actually we're here to talk about blood. We are also here to talk about well the musical stylings of people who have written songs about brothers. Because as I have done so many episodes before, I uh, I, I searched a perfect tune that is perfectly matched to each entry on the siblings list. Wow, I bet it's going to be so accurate. Everyone's going to be like, "Why didn't I think of that one?" Yeah, exactly. Are you ready for the first one? Yeah, let's hear it. Pokemon the movie in theaters May 10th. So what sibling pair is that? Um, Ash and Pikachu. It is, no, not Ash and Pikachu, it's Middle Earth's own Goofus and Gallant, Boromir and Faramir. Oh, those guys. They gotta stop this war. Yeah, they got, well, we're fighting for. We're fighting for. It's more like Faramir's, like, perspective, because yeah. Boromir loved fighting. But, okay, so, in reality, neither Boromir nor Faramir was Goofus, all right? They're both very intelligent, except in their father, Denethor's eyes. Mm, neither one of them are very gallant. Yeah, well, we all know, well, they're both pretty gallant. I mean, but not in their, not in their father's That's eyes. That's what I mean, Only yeah. one of them is, yeah. So, we all know that that Denethor played major favorites with his older and younger son. Put simply, Boromir ruled and Faramir sucked. Totally. Uh, this is from the appendices of The Lord of the Rings. Boromir, five years the elder, beloved by his father, was like him in face and pride, but in little else. Rather, he was a man after the sort of King Aerner of old, taking no wife and delighting chiefly in arms, fearless and strong, but caring little for lore save the tales of old battles. Faramir the younger was like him in looks, but otherwise in mind. He read the hearts of men as shrewdly as his father, but what he read moved him sooner to pity than to scorn. He was gentle and bearing, and a lover of lore and music, and therefore by many in those days his courage was judged less than his brother's. But it was not so, except that he did not seek glory and danger without a purpose. So you'd think that this would be a recipe for sibling rivalry, right? Like a bit. this one's all about like fighting and like pounding around, like roughhousing with the bros. Yeah. And, and this one's all about like lore and music. Nerd. And, like lame ass stuff like that. Kind of like how in every pair of sisters, there's like the pretty one, and then there's like the smart one or the artistic one. Which one are you? Um, I think it's pretty clear. You're all of the, the above. Fa- I think it's pretty clear by the fact that I am in an auditory medium rather than a visual one, which of the sisters I am. You're everything, Joanna. Thanks, babe. You're every sister. You're all those things you just listed. I wish there was a pair of sisters that I could talk about in here so I could play that song. But yeah. There's not. Usually when you have that situation, each sibling resents the hell out of the other one, right? But... That is not the case with Boromir and Faramir. Are they buds? Yeah. So the appendices continue. Yet between the brothers, there was great love and had been since childhood when Boromir was the helper and protector of Faramir. No jealousy or rivalry had arisen between them since, for their father's favor or for the praise of men. It did not seem possible to Faramir that anyone in Gondor could rival Boromir, heir of Denethor, captain of the White Tower, and of like mind was Boromir. Yet it proved otherwise at the test. So that's really sweet. Even though Denethor clearly liked Boromir better, it didn't lead to any resentment. However, I have to point out the wording of this because it sounds kind of funny. So it did not seem possible to Faramir that anyone in Gondor could rival Boromir. 
and of like mind was Boromir. <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> Nobody can rival me. I have to agree with you there. I'm pretty sweet. It's a good point, little bro. So, not even a grim and disdainful father with gross eating habits could come between this latter-day Castor and Pollux. And basically, Boromir was a really great older bro, and Faramir, like, hero-worshipped his brother. That's great. So this is shown in one of the deleted scenes from The Two Towers, the omission of which from the theatrical edition was criminal, in my opinion. I think it might be the best deleted scene of them all. If you haven't seen it, check out The Two Towers Extended Edition and tell me the scene with Boromir, Faramir, and their dad doesn't add like 8,000 pounds of character development for all three in the space of like five minutes. It's a, it's economical storytelling. It's, yes, it is. It's a good, and I don't know why they cut it out because honestly, like, it makes you like Boromir so much better and he, I guess he was kind of likable in the first movie, but he went bad like pretty quick, so. Yeah, in comparison to the book where it took a many pages it took to a get there. While. It took a little while. Anywho, so despite liking each other enormously, the two brothers had very little in common. Boromir liked fighting and hearing stories about fighting, and, and Faramir was more of a people person, uh, and he also liked history and music. Nevertheless, the people of Gondor loved both brothers, and they inspired devotion in their men and in their hobbits. Oh, yeah. So yeah here's yeah, yeah. Pippin's assessment of the brothers during the Battle of Pelennor Field, which comes across, like, it has to be said, pretty swoony, but, like, 50% of the descriptions of men in Lord of the Rings are, like, pretty swoony. Swoony, so. yeah, yeah. Pippin pressed forward as he passed under the lamp beneath the gateway, and when he saw the pale face of Faramir, he caught his breath. <gasps> It was the face of one who has been assailed by a great fear or anguish, but has mastered it and now is quiet. Proud and grave, he stood for a moment as he spoke to the guard, and Pippin, gazing at him, saw how closely he resembled his brother Boromir, whom Pippin had liked from the first, admiring the great man's lordly but kindly manner. Yet suddenly for Faramir, his heart was strangely moved, with a feeling that he had not known before. Here was one with an air of high nobility such as Aragorn at times revealed, less high perhaps, yet also less incalculable and remote, one of the kings of men born into a later time, but touched with the wisdom and sadness of the elder race. So yeah, um, basically Faramir like sent Pippin into puberty, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that was a sexual awakening <laughs> that I just was heard. definitely a sexual awakening. Um, so yeah, for Pippin, Boromir's pretty cool, but Faramir is like dreamy. Man, I mean, maybe it's probably the situation too, he's like this gallant hero and he's a little guy pippin yeah you know i mean if you're just a little fella if you're looking up, and you see some gallant cool. hero and you're like oh my god his his face is so pale as if he's overcome a great fear or anguish but is touched with the wisdom and sadness of the elder race. i gotta say that's a real specific face read i don't know if i can like read that really from. specific like how long was he staring at him right that's a that's a, that's a study is what that I know. is that is a study so it's interesting to think how things would have gone had boromir been alive during the battle of pelinor field so whether denethor would have gone like slightly less crazy, whether he would have treated Faramir a little bit better, whether Boromir would have stood up for his little bro and told his dad to close his mouth when he's eating. <laughs> Sadly, we will never know. But that is a Boromir and Faramir. All right. So as far as the top, Tolkien, Sibs. So number one option. Boromir and Faramir. Boromir and Faramir. The Denethor boys. Okay. Are you ready for the second one? Do they have a last name, by the way? Boromir and Faramir of Gondor. Of Gondor, okay. Or last name is just of Gondor. Or like son of Denethor II. Those of Gondor People boys. People don't really have like proper last names. It's like Aragorn, son of Arathorn and stuff Hobbit's like that. Hobbits got Gimli, last son names. Of Hobbits do have last names. They're an exception. And if you remember, it's like not 
a super long-standing thing. Like, Sam's grandfather was the first one in the family to have the last name Ganji. Uh, okay, okay. And then Sam just, like, changes his last name pretty much on a whim. So Got it's it. not, like, super established. But anyway, I wasn't able to, like, find the the part of this song that's relevant to brothers, so give me a second. Joanna! You came out of the bathroom while I was doing it. I want to, like, spoil it, so hold on. All right, all right. <laughs> Somebody swallow Damn it. <laughs> Just call lonely brother when you need a hand. We all need somebody to be. So one of the, wait, you cut it off. I think that sucks. is going to have some kind of limp or disability. They have to lean on their brother. Well, okay. So it's not quite that literal. And, and indeed, this is actually not a pair of brothers. This is a brother and a sister. What? This is... Aymer and Eowyn. Lean on me, sister. Lean on me, sister. Yes, so the next set of siblings are Aymer and Eowyn, both born in the very last years of the third century of the third age. Aymer and his younger sister Eowyn were descendants of the house of Eorl, children of Eamund and Theodwin, and the latter of whom was Theoden's sister. Okay, so, okay. Okay. So, by the way, while I was researching this, I read this article that tried to convince me that Eowyn's name should be pronounced Awin. Bull roar. And I was quite incensed. I guess if you go by, like, Welsh pronunciation, it would be, but... Owen? Yeah, Owen. Owen, so he'd be... Owen. Almer? Yeah. That's bad. But, like, nobody's gonna do that. That's dumb. They've already... This is, like, how they try to convince us that Aorl should be just be pronounced Earl. Earl? No, thank you. It seems like my name is Earl. Like, Earl is not... Like, whatever. Whatever. That's stupid. So we're not gonna do that. Um, so anyway, that makes Aemer and Eowyn Theoden's niece and nephew, in case you really missed that major plot point. Oh, what? Now, when Aemer was 11 and Eowyn was 7, both their parents died. To be more specific, Eamund was killed while battling orcs, as one is. Like, basically everybody in Lord of the Rings is killed while battling orcs. And his wife, Theodwin, died of grief shortly afterward because everyone in Lord of the Rings is super dramatic. Yeah, their hearts just done, done give up. Yep, yep. So, at that point, the siblings were adopted by their Uncle Theoden. Cool Uncle Theoden. Cool Uncle, cool hip Uncle Theoden. Yeah. So, we know that Aomer and Eowyn loved each other, and we can theorize that being orphaned so young probably caused a strong bond to form between them. However, we're also told that Aomer was, like, mega tight with his cousin Theodred, Theoden's son. Yeah, okay. So, in fact, until Theodred also got killed by orcs, another plot point I hope you didn't miss. Yeah. I, like, definitely have his funeral pretty prominent. Yeah, in place yeah. Um, we might speculate that he and Aemer were, like, a little bit closer, in a way, than Aemer and Eowyn, but... Kissing cousins. Yeah, but, you know... Okay, maybe not that close. <laughs> you know, Theodred died, so it looks like Eowyn was back on top of the friends list. Heck yeah. Move aside, Theodred. Move aside, Tom. <laughs> Eowyn is number one on the top yeah, friends. Yeah, I'm your MySpace. So, following the Battle of Pelennor Field, Amor attended to Eowyn in the Houses of Healing, and with Aragorn and Meriadoc Brandybuck, helped call his sister Eowyn back to consciousness. Actually, according to Aragorn, part of the reason Eowyn was dying was that she was so heartbroken over her unrequited love for Aragorn. <sighs> but, as sad as she was, her love for her brother was much more real to her, yeah. and a much more potent reason for her to live. So, Eomor was able to call her back from the brink of death just by talking to her. 
That's a good bond of yeah. sins. Yeah. So if the sound of your voice has never called your sibling back literally from the dead, then don't post about your guys' relationship on Facebook, okay? Like, no one needs to hear about it. You can't celebrate siblings day unless you've talked the other one back from death. Unless they've literally been dead. Like, literally their heart has stopped and they've been declared clinically dead and you lean down and been like, sis, come back. And then they, like, woke up and like, I love you! Then don't post about it on Facebook, okay? It's just prosaic. Yeah, you guys are just normal. It's just prosaic. So anyway, and you know, by the way, that... Um, in the Houses of the Healing, Eowyn and Faramir met. Right, then they got married. And as they're, you know, kind of, how can I say, like, misunderstood, slightly gender non-conforming younger siblings that they were, they forged a tight bond. And also, Eowyn gave up on fighting and decided to devote herself to child and family because... It's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb, but we don't we don't talk about that part. But can you imagine Faramir and Eomer being cool, like, like uh, uh, brother-in-laws? I mean, like, I feel like they probably They probably would. hang out, right? They probably Or it could be like that one fanfic we read. Oh, where yeah. One of, like, I think it was Amr crawled into Faramir's bed naked. They're... With, without asking, which is really upsetting. They're brother-in-laws. They should not... Brothers-in-law. I don't think they were brother-in-laws in this story yet. I think the story, they were, like, slightly younger, from what I remember. It was bad. Because I remember being like, he, you know, like, he followed the teen up the stairs because, like, great fanfics are always saying, like, the teen, the tween, teen. the blonde man. Two teens. Two teens. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's not going to scan. Nope. <laughs> All right. So here's the next one. You ready? Yep. Oh, wow. I gotta say, as far as brother songs, that's gotta be on the top for me. That's a great song. About Were you brothers. the one that was trying to convince me that Daniel wasn't actually supposed to be dead? Like, that wasn't supposed to be the point of the song? I think it's like, it can be poetical. It can be about- His eyes have died, though, but he sees more than you because he's omnipotent now because he's in heaven. I don't know if- I think Is that, that not, ha- not- I mean, that's like the most straight reading of it, right? Yeah. But Daniel's leaving to Spain. Why is he going to Spain if he's dead? Um, it's like a metaphorical thing. Well, maybe well it, like, Spain is heaven to him because it talks about how much he loved it. Well, the eyes are also maybe metaphorical. I don't know. Or maybe he has, like, a drug problem, and so he looks all, like, hollowed out and weird. Possibly. And... I don't know. I have no idea, but that song makes me cry, like, or he's every gone blind time. or something? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what was going on in Elton John's life. I don't know. I don't it know. might be based on a real story. It could just be some metaphorical nonsense. But anyway, know. can you guess which pair of siblings that song is about? One of them's gotta be blind. So... And they see more than I. So maybe it's, like... It's Bran Stark and <laughs> Jon Snow. <laughs> Bingo! Actually, it's Bran and Rickon. Oh, Rickon. That song, that, song is, that song is sung from Rickon's perspective. Bran does see more than him. Rickon is definitely dead in the woods. Yeah. So everybody sees <laughs> yeah. more than him at this point. Yep. No, next up is Feely and Keeley. Oh, the Actually. dwarves. Yeah, so the youngest of the 13 dwarves who set out on Thorin Oakenshield's quest to reclaim the Lonely Mountain. Now, Peter Jackson and co. really went out of their way to individualize the dwarves, but if you read the book, they're pretty indistinguishable from each other. They're just different colored capes. They have different colored capes and hats. So the only ones who get standout moments and define personalities are probably Thorin, Balin, and Bomber. And in Bomber's case, like, his whole personality is just, I'm fat! Whoa! I eat a lot! <laughs> so, however, Feely and Killy also appear quite frequently in the book as individual characters and are given specific active roles in much of the plot. So this places them among the more interesting and sympathetic members of Thorin's crew. As you may remember, Feely and Keeley were nephews of Thorin, who was the elder brother of their mother, Dees. Mm-hmm. 
As, I know, I know. I knew you were not going to let that name slide. It's De- pronounced like Dis, but I'm saying Dis. Both of Dis brothers are cool. Both of D- <laughs> both a, both a Battle of Five Armies. <laughs> both of Dis Rose. <laughs> yeah. So as the youngest dwarves, Feely and Killy had the sharpest eyes, so they were often sent scouting or searching. For example, they were the ones who found the goblin's cave in the Misty Mountain. Okay, okay. Uh, they also scouted at the feet of the Lonely Mountain and were the ones who found the front gate as well as the side door leading into the mountain. However, despite their usefulness, both brothers were sadly killed while defending their mortally wounded Uncle Thorin in the Battle of the Five Armies. Both were killed? I thought it was just one of them. Nope, they are both killed. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, do you understand the choice of song? Well, they're both dead, so who's seen more than the other? Well, whoever died first... <laughs> Is Daniel. So it's kind of a short, short-term song. <laughs> yeah, it's short. It's like, he's like singing it to himself, and then like he gets interrupted halfway through by a spear through the chest. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Now, um, given the fact that Feely and Killy were like actually distinguishable from the rest of the dwarves, and that Tolkien actually built up some reader sympathy for them, some people have found it strange that he killed them off. Um, I mean, I don't find it strange because I've been jaded by the edgelord likes of The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, where, like, the only reason they make characters likable is to kill them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It has a more emotional punch if you like them. Right. But but that was a little less standard in Tolkien's day. So why did he do it? Too many guys. Too many. I mean, like, yes, but he probably should have solved that problem, like, (laughs) much earlier on in the story. There's two main schools of thought here. So firstly, in traditional Anglo-Saxon worldview, the relationship between an uncle and his sister son, aka nephew, mm-hmm. was a biggie. Like, in Anglo-Saxon literature, uncles and nephews very much loved, respected, and relied on each other. Okay. Um, so Feely and Killy defending Thorin to their death is a perfect example of the old English concept of that special bond of love and loyalty. Sister sons. Yeah. So basically they had to die for the aesthetic. Got it. Okay. To make it more yes. Anglo-sounding. Yes. The second possible reason is even harsher than that. So you may remember that at the end of The Hobbit, since Thorin is dead, his cousin Dane Ironfoot, a, uh, aka CG Billy Connolly, right. succeeds him to become king under the mountain. And Dane is the eldest surviving direct descendant of Durin. But if Feely and Killy had remained alive, one of them would have succeeded Thorin. Oh. And they were baby children. So it's possible Tolkien killed them off because he thought it would be awkward for one of them to become king instead of Dane. There are a couple of goofs. I don't know if they He just thought kings. they were too dang goofy and Dane deserved the throne and damn it, he was going to give Dane the throne because CG Billy Connolly and a pig cannot yeah. be passed up. You got a dang pig. You got a damn pig. By the way, I say one of them. Because it's not entirely clear who was actually older, Feely or Keely. Oh. So, you know, Daniel, my brother, you are older than me. It, it, I guess it works regardless of who died first. Because, yeah, you know, they know it's who's who. kind of ambiguous. So, Feely is described as being the youngest in Chapter 8 of The Hobbit. But do you remember in Peter Jackson's uh, version of the movie, do you remember who was younger? Yeah, it was Keely, wasn't it? Keely. Keely yeah. was young. A little Aiden Turner was the youngest. Yeah. Um, in Appendix A of The Lord of the Rings, Feely is listed as five years older than Keely, making Keely hmm. the youngest. So, oops. They goofed. Whoop, you done goofed. And while we're on the subject of age-related weirdness, there's a part in Unfinished Tales where Gimli states that he was considered too young to join the company of Thorin on their quest for Erebor. Okay, yeah. 
Gimli was 62 years old when the quest happened. Well, so that, that is, is a minor. That's dwarf years. Standards. But Feely and Killy were honestly not that much older. They were 82 and 77, respectively. They're legal adults in dwarf terms. No, they weren't. No. They weren't. They also were not. So basically, they're all children. So why no quest for Gimli? Because his daddy Gloin. Um, it's actually probably because Tolkien didn't make him up until well after the <laughs> <laughs> Not everything has a deeper meaning. All right, all right. Peek behind the curtain there. Fair enough. Anyway, so that's Feely and Keely. So who's next? I mean, I don't know. You're the one teaching me. Well, here, I'm going to tell you. Strong enough to Okay, so I actually don't have, like, a reason that this song relates to this particular sibling pair. I just wanted to use it. Is one big and fat? Um, no. Oh, okay. In fact, they're, like, identical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, really, really wanted to use it. Oh. Because it's a good song. Airtight logic, Joanna. I love yeah. your... I love your... <laughs> I continue to put in the level of dedication that you would expect from a professional, Absolutely. Right? All right. So, next up is Eladan and Elro here. Who? All right. So, Eladan and Elro here are Arwen's older brothers, and I really hate that this is how you know them, but they were the ones who magically knew Legolas was pregnant in that one fanfic we read for our Christmas episode. Uh, okay. So, remember those guys? Yeah. Like, oh, father, I can feel the child's light. Coming from Legolas's womb. Yes. If you haven't heard that episode, don't listen to no, it. No, you probably should. It's one of my favorites. It is... It is it is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about Eladan and Elro here a, a bit. Okay. A- apart from like their their magical and prank ultrasounds. Their, their baby senses. Yes. So Eladan and Elro here were born in 139 of the Third Age, and they were the sons of Elrond, the Lord of Rivendell, and Calabrian, the daughter of Galadriel. And as mentioned, they had one younger sister called Arwen. Now. Tolkien never calls Eladan and Elro here twins, but they are described as being so similar that, quote, few could tell them apart. Oh, okay. They both had dark hair and gray eyes. They were both good looking. They both dressed alike. And as stated, they both possessed the magical ability to tell when their father's lover was Empreg. That's still like the creepy sibs, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little creepy. They're like creepy twins. Yeah, they sound like, um... Touching people's wounds. McPoyles. Oh, yeah. They are like the McPoyles. Elf McPoyles. But that would make also Arwen a McPoyle. She's a good one, though. Okay, she's the good one. Yeah. She's the Normie McPoyle. Yeah. She got all the good genes. So some scholars have concluded that Eladan and Elro here were identical twins. Makes just, sense to me. They dress the same. They look the same. Sure. Sounds like a duck. Smells like a duck. Looks like a duck. Maybe they were just it's like a duck. weird, though. Might have just been creeps. They might have just been, like, really creepy. You're my favorite brother, brother. Yes, brother. You're my favorite brother, too, brother. Like, they definitely shared a bed, like, far past the age where they needed to. Let's hold and, hands, brother. Like, yes, brother. Take my hand, brother. Super weird. Brother, I like your outfit, brother. Yes, it's what you're wearing, brother. So I like your outfit, too, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I love your look, brother. Let's All kiss, right. brother. Oh, my God. You're giving me... Thank you, brother. You're giving me high. Okay. <laughs> Please stop. Now, in the Third Age, 2509, Calabrian, the mother of Eladan, Elrohir, and Arwen, was traveling to her parents in Lothlorien Mm -hmm. when she was captured by orcs and tortured. Eladan and Elrohir rescued her, and their father healed her wounds, but she got super depressed. 
super nihilistic, and she departed Middle-earth. She just didn't want to live anymore. My sons are creeps. I mean, like, that's probably why. It had nothing to Goodbye, do with Goodbye, mother. Words. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, mother. She's like, <laughs> Hold me, brother. I'll miss mother. Yes, brother. I will God. hold you, mother. Brother, mother, mother, brother, brother, mother, brother, mother, brother, brother. Yeah, it's time to start over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just time to start over. So, um, ever since... Eladon and Elro here held a special grudge against orcs because of their mother's suffering at the orcs' hands. But that's like literally every other person in Lord of the Rings. I was going to say, who likes them? Now, the brothers were chummy with the rangers of the north, i.e. Aragorn's people. They helped defend the remnants of Arnor from evil after Arnor fractured into three kingdoms and then fell. Mm Mm-hmm. And during the War of the Ring, they fought alongside Aragorn in the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Gondor and in the Battle of the Moranon. Aragorn's victories made him as we know, king of reunited kingdom of Arnor and Gondor, mm-hmm, so king mm-hmm. of men, and enabled him to marry Eladon and Elrhir's sister, Arwen. So they attended both the coronation and the wedding, we are told. All right. Now, like their sister and father, the brothers had to choose whether they would live as mortal humans or as immortal elves. What are you doing, brother? I don't know, brother. What are you doing, I'm brother? sure they made the same choice. I'm positive. <laughs> yeah. like, they probably dithered over it like that until mm-hmm. like they died of old age anyway. <laughs> now, remember, like their sister Arwen, they were one quarter human. Mm-hmm. We know that their father Elrond chose to pass to the west at the end of the third age, but their sister chose to remain. Tolkien never says what choice the brothers made. So either they died a long time ago, or they're still out there giving magical ultrasounds in Valhalla. We don't know. <laughs> they're with child, brother. Yes, brother. I see it, brother. It's like, please, I didn't give you permission to touch me. I'm looking inside you. Thank by, you, brother. By the way, if you're wondering why I don't talk about Eladon and Elrohir's relationship with Arwen, it's because Tolkien doesn't either. Oh. So in the Peter Jackson movies, you see a glimpse of Eladon and Elrohir standing behind Arwen at Aragorn's coronation. Hmm. So we can theorize that they were in the same physical location as <laughs> Arwen at least once, and that's about it. Were they like, it was the kind of thing where like, if you have like siblings that are well older than you, you kind of like... Don't have anything in common. Maybe, so you like don't hang out that much. Right. That like it could be the case because they were pretty significantly old. And also, they're twins and they're creeps, and they want us just to hold each other. I think like night. nobody wanted to hang out with them. I really yeah. think. I gotta say though, for these these sib relationships, they I, I mean the, the elf twins are creepy, but they're they're all pretty healthy. They're all pretty healthy sib relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Tolkien himself had like pretty good family relationships generally, so he didn't write a lot of like that kind of dysfunctional stuff. He he did okay writing dysfunctional parents. That's what I was going to say. It's mostly like parent-child dysfunction. Rather yeah, than... but like siblings I guess, yeah, he just didn't He just didn't have beefs with yeah. with any siblings in his own life. Maybe. I don't know. But um, now I, I didn't think of a song for this one so I want you to give me your favorite sibling song. Favorite sibling song? Yeah. Um, Song about brothers? or Is it, is it brother and brother or sister and brother? Or sister it's, and it's all. It's all. This last one's like a bonanza. It's everything, huh? Yeah. In fact, we could just go with, like, We Are Family, probably. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't really like that song. Okay, well, let's not do it, then. Do the one from James and the Giant Peach. Okay. It's called Family. Love is the sweetest thing. Love never comes just when you think it will. Love is the way we feel for you. We're family. We're family. We're family. All of us. And you. That's good. 
Hey, that's a good end. That's, that's a good one. Okay, so let me tell you who this actually is. This is Sam Gamgee and his siblings. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So let's round this out by talking about a family that was extremely rich in siblings, and that's over multiple generations. Okay, okay. So it's the Gamgee family, and we all know that Samwise Gamgee produced kids like he had something to prove. He had a lot of kids. Um, but he actually came from a pretty big family himself. In order, his siblings were Hampson, Halfred, Daisy, May, and Marigold. Those are good names. Yeah. And Sam was the second youngest in the birth order. Uh, okay. So he was older than Marigold, but younger than everybody else. Now, Hamson was Sam's oldest brother. The son of Ham. S- yeah. Well, yeah, the eldest son of Ham Fast Gamgee and Belle Goodchild. His name just meant Ham's son, which <laughs> is a lot better than Sam literally being named Dumbass Gamgee. <laughs> so, all we really know about Hamson is that he eventually moved to Tyfield to work with his uncle Andwise as a roper. A roper, huh? A roper, a person who makes rope. I, I have a question. Why didn't they call Samwise Hamwise? Um, because Hamwise doesn't mean dumbass. Oh, okay, okay. He's got he's to be named dumbass. <laughs> just ran out of names. <laughs> he just ran out of names. Now, there's like this ongoing vague connection of the Gamgee family to rope making, and it gets mentioned sometimes. Um, Actually, it gets mentioned in fan fiction a lot, but... Oh, I imagine how. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go there. Um, Sam's other older brother was Halfred, the second son of Hamfast Gamgee. His name means reddish. <laughs> Reddish? Reddish. And he moved to the North Farthing. Um, we don't know why. Maybe property taxes were cheaper up there. Possibly. We don't, good, yeah. good school district? Maybe. Next up is Daisy Gamgee, Sam's oldest sister, about whom we know nothing. We don't know anything more about the fourth-born May Gamgee, although I really like the picture of her used on the Lord of the Rings fandom wiki, so Can I'm going to have me? you describe this image. All right. May Gamgee. May Gamgee. This is the only, as far as I know, picture ever of May Gamgee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have this kind of polygonal woman with, like, very skinny arms, and she's crying. She looks very sad. I'm pretty sure this is from Lord of the Rings Online. It absolutely is. She has a she has an excellent uh, widow's peak. She's um, just got her face buried in her hands and is sobbing. This is the only picture we have of May Gamgee. So she must be a character in the MMORPG Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, and she's very, very upset about oh, something. Oh, poor May. Let's, yeah. Nothing further is known about her. Um, last, we have Sam's younger sister, Marigold. Now, Marigold married Tolman Cotton, a good family friend who was three years her senior. Interesting fact about Tolman. Who else do we know who has the last name Cotton? Cotton. Rosie Cotton. Yeah, so he was Rosie Cotton's brother. Well, I mean, that's not Ill- that's not illegal, right? No, I mean- but Sam did kind of marry an in-law. But, like, again, there's nothing genetically wrong with that. No. It's just a little weird. I mean, their kids are going to be double first cousins. Right, but, it, it, you know. But, you know, I mean, like... Hobbiton's a small community. He probably say. got as far from the old family gene pool as he could. Yeah, like, it's yeah. fine. Whatever. Whatever. As long as those kids don't marry each other, it's fine. <laughs> there are no guarantees in this world. <laughs> um, okay, so those are the siblings I have. So, Ryan, you need to cast your vote for the best siblings. The best? The best siblings. What are we rating it on? Healthy relationship? Uh, I mean, that could be part of it. There is definitely... Oh, you know what? We 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 were saying earlier how Tolkien doesn't write um, pathological sibling relationships, but let us not forget, like, Turin Turambar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we don't count him as the sibling list. Those are the top siblings. Top siblings. I didn't put him in here because that is definitely the, the 
bottomist. The, the bottomist. Probably the bottomist of all. I mean, they, they certainly loved each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so. Um, I don't know. I, I have a sister. I'm an older brother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of like the, the Rohan kids. I like the Eowyn and Eomer okay. relationship. I think it's kind of cool how they're like, you know, backing each other up. and. No, would you call your sister back from the dead with the sound of your voice if she died? I'd try. I feel like if I tried to call my sister back from the dead with the sound of my voice, she would just die more. <laughs> She's like, now I'm really dead. I'm double dead. Thanks. I'm double dead. Thanks a lot. What about you? Which one do you think is the best or identify with the most? Jeepers. Um, I always wished I had an older brother. So mm-hmm. I do like Aemer and Eowyn. But I really like the fact that Boromir and Faramir really loved each other, even though, like, their dad tried to, like, play favorites with them. Because sure, yeah. I feel like that's very similar to me and my brother. Yeah. Like, okay. my my dad definitely, definitely liked my brother a lot yeah. better than me. Your brother was his favorite. Yeah. yeah but sure. but then my brother turned around and, like, we kind of ganged up on my dad. Yeah. So it was, it was fine. So you relate with that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good choice. So that's what I think. Siblings, everybody. Happy sibling day. Wasn't this is a sweet and wholesome episode, except for, like, all the weird, creepy brothers. Yes, brother. It was a good episode, brother. <laughs> I don't brother. like that. I don't like Let's that keep... at all. <laughs> Let's keep holding each other, brother. I'm very cold, brother. <laughs> I'm warm, brother. Don't worry, brother. I'll keep you warm, brother. <laughs> Can we please just move on to whatever you have for Star Wars? <laughs> yes. Let me get- I never want to talk about Eladan and Elro here ever again. Okay, brother. I'm going to get a glass of water. Okay. All right. So you did kind of a seasonally appropriate topic. It's National Sibling Day. Vaguely. As seasonally is today. ever get. And my, is, mine is fairly. at least two weeks late. <laughs> mine is fairly seasonally topical as well. Oh, is it? Yes. So we're talking today about a character called Jackson. That's J-A-X-X-O-N. One of the extended universe's most infamous characters. Infamous? I've never heard of them. Well, you shouldn't, because... Oh, you shouldn't. They're not in much, but here's... Well, then how are they the most infamous? You'll see why. So, okay. here's a quote by Jackson. Jackson says, You can call me Jax for short, which I ain't. Implying he's pretty tall. Okay, so he's a very tall guy. So he, he just wants to, like, clear that up. Although I feel like you would know that from looking at him, so, like, why say it? So let me uh, read you a short description of Jackson. Maybe you can help me kind of think about what he looks like and what he is. So far, like, I don't know why, but I'm picturing, like, like an anthropomorphic rat wearing, like, 1930s mobster clothes. Yeah, she, I'm from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, that's what I'm picturing. All right, well, let's see. Let's see if you hold that same idea. Jackson was a quick-witted leppy smuggler from Coachell Prime. He was an acquaintance of Han Solo, a fellow smuggler turned hero of the Rebel Alliance, whom he regarded as an inferior pilot. Okay. So this is kind of a hotshot smuggler. He's from Coachella. He's from Coachella Prime. Straight out of Coachella. Right, he loves seeing those bands, like, uh, who's at Coachella? Um, I, I don't remember who goes to Coachella. Um, people who don't mind it's supporting, like, like anti-abortion and like advertisers like did you see the thing where like kfc had a set where they had like a dj out there it was like they had a kfc dj it was like yeah. every song about chicken like literally yeah like it was about they kfc just played, they just played it was like these beats be like chicken dance like a dumpster version of the chicken dance yeah it was like it wasn't that it was just like it was trap house beats with but there was like there's a dj with a big like uh kernel head okay it was the stupidest thing i've ever seen and i mean coachella generally is just one of the stupidest things Okay, so Jackson, what do you, what do you, so you picture a big, a rat in a business suit. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not too far off. Let me show you. Am I really not? Let me show you Jackson. Oh my god, he's like, 
rabbit. Wow. He's like a rabbit, but wearing like, um, plastic man's outfit. He's got like a red jumpsuit, white gloves and boots. Yeah, he's a space rabbit. He's a space bunny rabbit. So this is I why he's like totally off. Just in time for Easter. It's Jackson. Just in time for Easter. Well over a week yeah. late. As usual. So he's not a rabbit. He's what's called a lepi, which is a Star Wars species. Um, I- okay, but le- like that's definitely taken from like the genus name is of it? rabbit. Is it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Let's learn about lepis a little okay. bit. The lepis carnivorous, as they were called, more commonly known as lepi, were sentient bipedal lagomorphs with large ears and feet. They had lanky frames with males averaging 1.9 meters in height, and the okay. smaller females 1.6 meters in height. Okay, so that is quite a large rabbit. 1.9 meters is that's a I mean, big boy. You're counting the ears, too. The strong legs of the lepi were capable of great speeds, as well as delivering powerful kicks, often used in fights to bludgeon their opponents. Lepi were covered in short fur that ranged in color from green to dark blue to white. Yes. Native to the planet Cochell Prime, their high reproductive rate forced them to colonize the entire star system to avoid overcrowding. Or stop doing it. They're bunnies. I can't help it. Um, I would argue with their sentient creatures, they can learn how to wrap it up. Well, they didn't. <laughs> the Lepus carnivorous were generally uh, gregarious individuals, although prone to bursts of anger if their family or species were insulted. Lepi were constantly in motion and were known for their speed. Jackson has a quote about this as well. You know how us rocket rabbit types are. We just can't stay still. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that, that meets both my image of rabbits and also rockets. Yeah. Can I tell you, like, some things I assume about him? Okay. I assume that he poops and then eats it and then poops it out again because that's what rabbits do. Okay. Um, um I assume that he is constantly infected with pastorella. Okay. Yeah. And I assume that he cannot count higher than five. Yeah, he's really afraid of Harudadus. You know, none of that stuff is listed in the Wikipedia article. But I bet it's all true. It's I mean, all true. That's just kind of assumed, I think. It's kind of taken for granted that all that stuff is true. No, is he supposed to be more like a rabbit or more like a hare? Because you know those are totally different animals. I found that out the other day. He's a he's and a hares are like frightening. He's a lepi. Okay. He's a big green rabbit. Okay. The lepis carnivorous had large eyes which gave them sharp vision. That occasionally led people to think that lepi consumed space carrots, which were known to improve eyesight. <laughs> space <laughs> carrots. Just like just like in real life, how bunnies like eating carrots, like in real life. It's funny. It's like real bunny. However, most lepi were preferred various forms of meat, such as ham bones. Oh my god, are we really talking about this? Ham bone. What is a ham bone? <laughs> I, I copy and pasted the entire article of ham bones in here. Oh, you did? Why you anticipated So it starts with a quote by Han Solo. Jackson, a six-foot-tall rabbit who gnaws on ham bones instead of carrots. Ham bones. Ham bones were a favorite fruit of the lepi smuggler Jackson. That's it. That's the article about hand bones. Oh my god! Oh my god! Why even? So literally, the only time hand bones are mentioned is with Jackson. Is with Jackson because Jackson. You said, "What are they?" I'm just envisioning like those meats with the bones sticking out of them that people eat in like Monster Hunter, like boys' manga and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like Kononiku. Kononiku. Lepi were prone to wild gesticulations when talking amongst themselves. Little was known of their religion, but their exclamation of heavenly hutches suggested a belief in the afterlife. Heavenly hutches! Holy hutches! Oh, heavenly hutches! Yeah, so Jackson says, holy hutches all the time. So, and they're prone to, so they're very religious and they're prone to gesticulating. So they're like Italian. Yeah. yeah. I mean the ham bone here. Hey, I'm dodging Harudadu here. There's more than five of you. I can't count how many there are. Jeez (laughs) Louise. 
Anyway, let's get back to Jackson. Jackson was born to a small family by Leppy's standards. He was one of 13 children and the most rambunctious of the bunch, and had dreams of seeing the larger galaxy outside of Coachell Prime. However, his family was really conservative for a Leppy family, and his mother had hopes that he would... to build the wall. Yeah, yeah, they're really against, like, uh... Like, oh my god, this wouldn't have happened if they allowed prayer in schools. The heavenly hutches weren't allowed in schools, and now there's all these dark blue rabbits in town. Oh god, there Awful. goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood, getting pretty dark around here, huh? <laughs> So his mom thought that she would eventually calm down, settle down, meet a nice leppy girl, you know, hang out, be good. But he remained uncontrollable. By the time he was a teenager, he spent a decent amount of time in the juvie detention centers of Coachell Prime. Oh, wow. He was in juvie, huh? This is before teenagerdom. So this is like as, as a kid. He so was, he's like he's like six years old in juvie. Yeah, he's, causing, he's like doing hood rat stuff with his friends. <laughs> it's fun to do bad things. Hood bunny stuff with his friends. Yeah. You know that kid, like, he later beat the crap out of his grandma? Yeah, I don't know. Like, whose car he stole? That's like, a happy story. Yeah, it's, it's like, it did not have a good ending. But I'm assuming that Jackson did not beat the crap out of his grandma. No, he didn't, because at the age of 12, he stole a freighter off of Coachell Prime for parts unknown. Oh, so he might have beaten the crap out of her if he hadn't, like, taken off at age 12. He took, he stole a ship and left. So just like the kid with that car. He, he stole the car! And he left the was planet. Was his grandma's ship? No, it was just a, a badly guarded freighter. I bet it was his grandma's. It probably his grandma's. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson eventually landed on Nar Shaddaa, which we know as the Smuggler's Moon. The moon of the Hut homeworld, where all the criminals hang out. Wallace's yeah. own. It's like scary Coruscant. Jackson quickly became well-schooled in the elements of fringe culture and was streetwise and knew how to survive. What's, like, fringe culture like? Like a punk? Yeah, like a punk. Like, a, like he's a crust punk. He's, like, you know, not cleaning up. There's, like, ten of them living in an apartment, and one guy has a job, and they're all, like, spraying paint in the walls. And, yeah, talking yeah. about, like, anarchy. Anarchy! And... No, no jobs, no masters! To earn a living, Jackson began taking on assorted odd jobs. So he was probably the guy bringing them in the, in the bucks. Eventually, he fell into a tougher crowd, however. And by the time of the Clone Wars, there was a price on his head. Oh, boy. He's not that old. He's like just a teenager. He's already got a price now on his head. Now, you see a tougher crowd. Like, what do you mean a tougher crowd? Like, were they killing people? They were, were like, mercenaries they... and criminals. Yeah, gangs. Were they, like, prostituted people? Were they, like... I mean, I don't how, know. How far did this go? This is all it says. It's just tougher crowd. Was he... he running, like, a human trafficking ring out of, like, a nail parlor in a bad part of town? He was selling his poops as cancer medication. Oh, my God. I eat them all the time. They're great for me. That's why I don't have autism. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have that much money because people wouldn't hire him now. They had a price on his head. So he decided to pursue a career in smuggling. With the small amount of funds he had saved up, Jackson bought a ship called the Rabbit's Foot. It was a secondhand ship in really bad shape and it was rife with technical problems, constantly shorting out on him, breaking down. He found himself just crap out of luck on the planet Aduba 3. Aduba 3? Aduba 3. Aduba 3? Yeah. Aduba Duba Duba 3. That's right. And there he met a little smuggler named Han Solo. A little, wasn't that little? A little famous fella. A little fella. Solo, this is a little again, hairy fella? Yeah. Solo's pulling together a crack team to defend a village called Onakra from a murderous gang called the Cloud Riders. Now, I think usually they say a crack team, not a crack team. Crack team makes it sound like they're all on crack. It's a crack team. It's a crack team. Yeah. It's a really crack team. Comprised of people on, on crack cocaine. Like, but you say like a crack team. You don't emphasize the crack. Yeah. Like, I'm putting together a crack team. But you were like, a crack team. Crack team. <laughs> okay. Equal <laughs> emphasis. <laughs> So he's trying to get this this gang of uh, gang of people together to fight off the cloud riders who are attacking the small village. Very seven samurai type situation. Yeah, yeah. So he rounded up a few other people, including a spiner named Hedgy. Okay. Okay. So a spider. So I'm assuming that's a hedgehog. He's literally a hedgehog man. So he's literally a hedgehog man. So we have literally a rabbit man and literally a hedgehog man. A pirate named Amazia Fox Train. Okay. So she was a fox. Okay. So basically, she's not a fox. She's actually human. 
I bet her fursona was a fox. Like, Probably. this is striking me as a team of furries. You're going to love this next guy. He got a supposed Jedi. He said he was a Jedi. His name was Don Juan Quixote. Whoa. Whoa. So, Don, D-O-N-W-A-N-K-I-H-O-T-A-Y. Was he, like, did he have senile dementia and tilted windmills? They weren't sure if he was a Jedi or not. He thought he was, anyway. Okay. So, he's literally Don Quixote. He's Don Juan Quixote, yeah. But Don Juan, that also implies that he gets, like, a lot of... Yeah, he's got some ladies. He's an old, old man. He's kind of like that Baron Munchausen type guy. The ladies love it. So he's a Terry Gilliam character, so that's cool. And they formed a group called the Star Hoppers of Aduba 3. Okay. The Star Hoppers. Like a a band, or...? No, it was like their their, 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 their their crack team. Their crack team. Their crack team. (laughs) (laughs) Their team of people that were all on crack. So the Star Hoppers and the Cloud Riders were evenly matched at first as they arrived at the village, but soon the Star Hoppers found themselves outgunned. No matter, said the village elder. He was called the old one. He was like the chief of the village. So I will summon forth a beast that will end the cloud riders once and for all. So he said an incantation. And he summoned this elder god kaiju lizard called the behemoth from below. I'm sorry? Did this really happen? Yes. And he started rampaging on everybody. Also, he's not so full of shit. No, he's, he's legit. Although, like, he is, like, everybody's gonna die now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, should men- yeah. I should probably mention, this is all from the 1970s Star Wars comic books by Marvel This, Comics. like, definitely comes across as 1970. 1978 is when this was written. So, immediately after A New Hope. Okay. They didn't know there was going to be a second movie. They didn't know Darth Vader was Luke's dad. They didn't- so, like, this is what happens next. Jackson, the Green Rabbit. Like, a bunch, of, a bunch of furries on crack, like, summoning <laughs> Elder God. This is what happens next in the Star Wars canon. So, while the Beast from Below was rampaging, the Starhoppers laid low. And eventually the behemoth had destroyed pretty much all the Cloud Rider's fleet, stomped on their leader, but also the old one, like the leader of the village. Yeah. Who was controlling it. Wow. So, oops. They did a good job. Good job, crack team. Since the Cloud Riders had been destroyed, several of the Star Hoppers thought, like, we should just leave. Like, it's, we did our job. We defended against the, the Cloud Riders. They're dead. So we we're win. We win, right? Yeah. And Hansel was like, well, they can't pay us if their village is smushed. Like, so. that's kind of how it works. You guys suck at crime. So Jackson jumps into the jumps into the fray. He immediately ran, runs out and starts shooting at this beast, which made the beast cause a landslide. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They Very really the suck at, like, they are doing things that probably are crimes, but, like, it's not benefiting them. No. It is a, it is, it's not a, a victimless crime. It's a, how could I say? It's a victimful crime. It's a victorless, victorless crime. <laughs> Victor, there you go. It's a victorless crime. So the beast is even more pissed off. But just then, Don Juan Quixote stepped forward with his lightsaber. Which surprisingly was able to defect the attacks of the behemoth. He has a real lightsaber. Like so this Jedi. guy, like, doesn't totally suck. And Han figures out, ah, this is actually stopping the behemoth. So he grabs a lightsaber from Don Juan and stabs it into the beast's body, which caused it to disintegrate immediately. Okay. So it turns out that this beast from below is a Sith-created monster that was weak to lightsabers. Who knew? So why would this... <laughs> okay, so the Sith, right? Okay, so the beast's yeah. enemy is, like, the Jedi. The Jedi, yeah. Who yeah. wield lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... They make a monster that is particularly weak to lightsabers. Yeah, you stab it once and it just turns to dust. Yeah. So they they made it that way. They designed mm-hmm. it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. They did. That was a good call. Yeah, it was really good planning. Like, if they were going to make it to immune to one thing, you'd think it would be lightsabers, but that's just what the Jedi would expect. They wouldn't think to use a lightsaber keep, on this thing. <laughs> you guys think keep them on their toes. Sith are really smart. Oh, you expected us to be good at our job? Oh, no, 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 sir. No, oh, no, no, no. You didn't see this coming. We actually suck. Yeah. So that was that story. Wow. 
So they got paid by the villagers, and with the funds they gained, Jackson was able to repair the rabbit's foot and asked Amazia Foxtrain to join him in his smuggling operation. Okay. So they set up a duo. They set up shop on Jackson's old residence in Arshada, and due to her skill at gambling, the two are quickly able to increase their meager funds into enough to modify the rabbit's foot to be a mean green smuggling machine. All right, not Souping bad. It up. So here's here's uh, Jackson and Amazia Foxtrain. She's nothing, there's nothing, like, fox-ish about her. But she's foxy. I mean, she is wearing, like, a bathing suit and, like, thigh-high stockings for no apparent reason, but I just feel like she should be a furry. She's just kind of like Faye Valentine uh, from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's, a, she's a foxy lady. Smuggler. On a night on the town, but she wasn't into it, so he went for a wander on his own around those dangerous nighttime streets. However, as he walked under an overpass, he was suddenly draped in an electronet. Oh boy, who could have predicted this would go wrong? The net quickly knocked Jackson into unconsciousness. This is electricity, right? Woke up to find himself hanging upside down amongst a group of bounty hunters led by Daffy and Remmel Fudd. Bye. <laughs> Joanna, where are you going? Bye. <laughs> Daffy and Remmel Fudd. I'm out. I'm out. They're just bounty hunters. I don't know what I'm you're... Back. What's your problem? What's your problem with Remmel and and Daffy? So they literally just like okay, so they reversed, they reversed Elmer. Yeah, um, did they? How is this illegal? They're literally just like steal characters from Looney Tunes parody and and fair use, baby. Like we all get it, okay? We all get that he's basically Bugs Bunny, except (laughs) shitty. Why do you have to emphasize it? So yeah, he was captured by Daffy and Remmel Fudd around <laughs> hunting rabbits. He was captured by literally Daffy and Elmer Fudd, so that's cool. Was he? Okay. Yeah. The group was working for a man named Belliert Valance, and had overheard Don Juan Quixote mention Don Han Solo, Jackson, and quote-unquote the kid during an attack on Angle Bay Station, where Quixote was receiving treatment. So these guys believed that the kid was Luke Skywalker, and that's who Belliert Valance was hunting for. I mean, like, literally there's no other kid in the galaxy. No, there's only one kid. So it has to be Luke. And they knew that Jackson was in league with Han Solo, and he knew the kid. So he was the easiest one to capture the common net. So here's a picture of Daffy Fudd and Remmel Fudd. What the fudge? What the hell? How could I even just go? Because the first one looks kind of like... A cartoon Satan. He looks kind of like the little guy from Hercules, I think. Like Yeah, like Pain and Panic. Yeah, yeah. Like, He looks like the little red one. He's not a duck. Yes. And <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Rebel like, Fudd. Rebel Fudd looks like a background character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> he like, does. He's like this lumpy old man with like spider teeth and also extra spider eyes on his forehead. And like this pale little bald cone man, like I don't know fat what's little, going on. It was kind of like a cenobite from Hellraiser to me. I don't know. Sort of, but like if a cenobite really let themselves go, yeah, <laughs> it was a fat cenobite, right? So why do you think Belly of Valance is hunting for Luke Skywalker? Um, Remember, this is before that we knew that he was Darth Vader's kid. Because like he destroyed the Death Star. Well, let's read about Belliot Valance real quick. Okay. So he's also known as Valance the Hunter. He was a former human male Imperial Stormtrooper non-commissioned officer. Okay, so which, which of those are the formers? Former he's male. Former human, former male. He's transgender. Former... Uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I, this is a really bad sentence written by a Wikipedian. A, because former before all those things implies that he's former all of those he's, things. He's a former human male Imperial Stormtrooper non-commissioned officer. Who, after a crippling injury in combat, was rebuilt as a cyborg, and after leaving the Stormtrooper Corps, went into business for himself as a bounty hunter. 
His hatred of droids and his own half-mechanical nature was incensed when he chanced upon information of an unidentified human who befriended droids. In his search for the boy, his path crossed with that of former Starhoppers of Aduba 3, until finally locating that boy, Luke Skywalker, and his droid friends, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Don't you be friends with robots! So here he is, and he's like, I hate people who make friends with droids! But he's like literally half-robot. I know, he's self-hatred. So isn't that a cool That's reason to hunt someone down? It's like, you're friends with you're droids! Friends with droids. <laughs> you're the only guy in the galaxy who's friends with droids! Like, it's not because, like, the Empire's literally willing to pay me, like, a bajillion credits, and it's not because, like, I sympathize with their cause or whatever. It's literally, like, I hate the fact that you're friends with robots. Isn't that a good plot? A good <laughs> <He's>... reasoning? <laughs> There's like Spidey Super Story. I was just thinking that. <laughs> it's like, it's like Baby's first comic story. <laughs> so, I hate friendship. <laughs> so anyway, the FUDs began to interrogate Jackson, but he refused. The fuds, God dang. But he refused to tell them anything. To force him to talk, Daffy activated an agony stop. inducer. Can you please stop saying the fud? I know that's their names, so, but you should I call him Duffy? Duffy. Call him Duffy. Duffy activated an agony inducer on Jackson's ear, filling his body with pain. However, he still refused to tell them anything. Hunters decided just to continue the torture until Jackson would give them the information. Before they could continue, they were shut down by blaster fire, because Amazia Fox trained to the rescue. Oh, thank God. She decided to go out on the town after all. As she approached her partner in time, she let slip that it was just like the old times on Aduba 3. One of the hunters who said survive Fox Train's assault overheard the information and fled back to... The Lance, telling him that, quote-unquote, the kid was on a Duba 3. There's no reason to even say that. Now, before I move on, I do have um, a dramatization of this of this interrogation. I'm sorry, from where? From, from, uh, from me. You, did you record this? Yes. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Hi, my name is Jax. Walking down the tracks, trying to relax. All alone. Hey, uh, Hambone. You caught me in a net. Though we haven't met, I don't care no sweat. What's the deal? I won't squeal. Where Skywalker where he went? Love your speech impediment. Let's burn this bunny to a crisp. Oh look, this one has a list. Start the agony inducing. Holy hutches, what you do? You call that agony? All you did is make me talk like you dweebs. Oh, I really hate this wabbit. Pal, I'm not a stinking wabbit. Can you see that I'm more peppy? That's because I'm freaking lappy. You guys are a real pain. Oh, here comes Fox Train. She'll shoot the both of you. <laughs> That's all I got. You carry that tune really well, too. Bugs Bunny voice is easy. Yeah, no, yeah. you, like, really stayed on, on key. Well, thank you. I'm, like, impressed. You think I don't stay on key? I mean, like, sometimes it's hard, especially yeah. if you're doing, like, basically opera music, so. And cartoon voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was impressive. 
Well, okay, so obviously that's what's Opera Doc. Yeah, yeah. So obviously. Oh, it's actually The Rabbit of Seville? Oh, The Rabbit of Seville. Okay, sorry. They did like a couple different opera What's Opera Doc has the... That's like Wagner. Wagner, yeah. Wagner, yeah. So yeah, so they did a couple different... um, They did a couple different opera episodes, um, both of which are among the most beloved Looney Tunes episodes. And that's obviously what that was. Yeah, that was The Barber of Narshada. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty good, huh? I have to say, I respect the amount of effort you put in, but I also disrespect the lack of effort <laughs> that the people who wrote the original story hey, put someone's got to put the work in, right? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. The bounty hunters are heading for... Uh, so Jackson and Fox Train got to go back. There's going to be trouble. Like, these guys are going to go there. The kid they're looking for is not going to be there. They're going to kill a bunch of people, so they got to go and, and help them. Yeah. And so the rabbit's foot is super fast now. So they got there before the bounty hunters arrive. And there's a bunch of space fighting and a bunch of ground fighting. And Jackson incites a bantha stampede and fights off the lance who flees after realizing Luke isn't on the Duba 3. It's very fun. It's very exciting. Yeah. Jackson and Fox Train return to Narshada and keep on smuggling after that. Cool. Pretty cool. Okay. So they saved the day, kind of. Yeah. Sometime later, Jackson and Fox Train are hired by Prizzy, Queen of Livorno, to safely deliver the last eggs of her kind to Princess Leia Organa of the Rebel Alliance. Of course. Once aboard the smuggler starship the Rabbit's Foot, Jackson and the Queen realized the eggs were not hers, and when they hatched, they revealed hostile flying creatures. <gasps> it turned out right that... Right the egg they're hostile? Yeah. It turned out that Fox Train had double-crossed them, slipping them away with the real eggs. <gasps> Fox Train? I thought they were, like, friends. She's always looking for a bigger score, you know? Nevertheless, Jackson managed to track her to the space-bound casino known as the Wheel, where the pirate was trying to sell the purloined eggs to the highest bidder. There followed a three-sided scuffle between Jackson, Fox Train, and an agent of the Galactic Empire. Having released a flying pest from earlier on his former associate, the long-eared smuggler got away with the eggs. He then brought the precious cargo to Organa and Han Solo. So he got the eggs. Thank God. Upon receiving Organa's thanks, Jackson asked his maintenance droid named Mel to bring forth the eggs. Mel. Mel. Mel Blank. Mel Blank. Okay. I'm like, maybe this is cute. I like keep yeah. going back and yeah. forth. Maybe this is cute. Maybe this is their homage. Maybe. Maybe I don't have to be mad about so it. So Mel's carrying the eggs and he drops them in front of Play Organa. Oh my god, did he kill the babies? While all reacted in shock, Jackson knew that they'd been sent on a wild goose chase and that the eggs that Jackson had gotten were fake as well. Oh boy! The rebels then admitted that, knowing the Empire were closing in on the eggs, they used Jackson's mission as a decoy while Han Solo smuggled the genuine articles <laughs> in his own ship. Nevertheless, Jackson was glad to learn that not only the Alliance would pay him what he was owed, but that Solo himself would have to repair his ship. Okay, so, so he's basically he succeeded at being... Exactly as much of a failure as they thought he would be. Yeah. Okay, cool. Those are all the adventures of Jackson. What did Smash Mouth eat the eggs? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) That's for the Legends continuity. Okay. (laughs) Behind the scenes. Let's go, let's dive into Jackson a little bit. Yeah. So Jackson was created by Roy Thomas and Howard Chaikin of Marvel Comics. Yeah. He was a large anthropomorphic bunny and was created as an homage to Bugs Bunny. Uh, yeah, no, that didn't come across at all. Because Bugs Bunny was often known as addressing strangers by the name Jackson. I don't either. I think so. I remember Doc, but like... Hey, Jackson. All right, if they say so. So he first appeared in 1978 um, in that sort of Seven Samurai Aduba 3 story. Yeah. And after Archie Goodwin, who was the guy who took over the Marvel Comics Star Wars series, he played a much smaller role in the comic. And he's seen the flashback and played a small role in in issue 16. But his abrupt departure caused some fans to think that George Lucas himself had asked for Jackson to make no more appearances. (laughs) Yeah, but this is George Lucas of like 
Darth Icky fan. I know. Like, do we really so, think this is where he like said no to Sully? That's just a rumor. It's unsubstantiated, but I feel like George Lucas would have been into it because he later went on to do Howard the Duck. Like, right. This is, it's kind of like crappy anthropomorphic characters. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of his. It's bag. Kind of his bag, yeah. Like living cartoon characters among real people, sort yeah. of thing. So after the seventies, Jackson went unreferenced for over twenty years. He was brought <laughs> out. Of- Sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> he was brought out of obscurity in the 2001 Star Wars Gamer article, The Star Hoppers of Aduba 3, by Corey J. Herdman, Michael McKellian, and current head of Lucasfilm Story Group, Pablo Hidalgo. Really? Yeah. So Pablo Hidalgo is a big fan of Jackson. So here's what he has to say. Everybody should love Jackson. He's the great leveler. The cosmic alarm bell that says to take a deep breath for a minute and then by all means carry on. It's difficult to have a rousing debate about the extended universe when someone keeps bringing up base carrots in the holy hutch. Jackson and the Lepi species also bear a remarkable similarity to the character Bucky O'Hare and Jazz Jackrabbit. Maybe play those like there was there's uh-uh. some computer games. Uh-uh. I I'm one of those like those discs like a hundred action games. And they're supposed to like shareware nonsense. I mean like, okay. these guys, right? Wait. So that's that's the Bucky O'Hare. Are, the ones on the right do look familiar. That's Jazz Jackrabbit. There's two Jazz Jackrabbit games. They're they're shareware, they're usually got free on the disc that would come with like a bunch of solitaire games and like Microsoft Hover. Like yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But these guys came well after Jackson, so it's really more like these guys resemble Jackson. Jackson, yeah, yeah, rather than the other way around. So Jason Aaron, who became the head Marvel Comics Star Wars writer in 2014, wanted to bring the giant bunny rabbit as a Legends character he would most like to canonize. Really? And it led him to being featured on several variant covers of Star Wars comics. So here's one from uh, 2014. What? Jackson's being locked out of a door. Everyone's... Luke is like, shh. And Darth Vader's like, shh. And Jackson says, hello, anybody? I can hear you breathing. they all hate him so much. But finally, in 2018, Jackson officially appeared in current Star Wars canon. As a corpse. In that story with the eggs. That was a... That's a canon story. Oh, that's from 2018? Yep. Oh. So he's finally and officially a canon character. In the Star Wars universe. And he finally, officially, canonically sucks ass. <laughs> He's a comic relief character, I'm to be saying, sure. I'm not saying, like, I hate him as a character. I'm saying that, like, basically his whole role is, like, I suck. How do you feel about Jackson? I can kind of be okay. He walked away during the Elmer Fudd section. I was, yeah, that really made me mad. That really <laughs> made me mad a lot. Because I thought it was just, like, the, you know, the Lucas conglomerate, like, phoning things in again. But, like, maybe maybe it's okay. Like, maybe I don't hate it. I kind of agree with Pablo Hidalgo. If you have anyone who's, like, arguing about Star Wars canon and peeing about how, like, how deep and, like, you know, oh, you should have read this book and learned about, like, Darth Plagueis and, and everything. Like, um, dude, literally, like, Bugs Daffy and Elmer Fudd. <laughs> you ever heard of Jackson? Heard of Jackson? <laughs> the green bunny who kicks people and... It's not objectively absurd for there to be a green bunny that kicks people. No way. No, like, that's the thing that about Star Wars. That doesn't bother me. I think, like... Anyway, that's what I got for our, our seasonal Easter episode. So, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, one and all. Hope you enjoyed my excellent topic. <laughs> we should all eat some eggs. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so, Ryan. Yeah. What was the end result of that? It's not over yet. I want more votes, guys. I appreciate those of you who have taken a vote in our worst name challenge, Thunderdome. <laughs> So 
that's all we want too is what's beyond the Thunderdome, and we need your help because we need more votes. We have enough that, to get a good sort of like sample size of what's going on and what kind of where the wind is blowing. But we but- want a more robust study. So, we want one that could make it into the Lancet. If the Lancet published studies about shitty names. <laughs> now, it's a little bit more effort than the usual worst name challenge where you just click a name on Facebook or on Twitter. It takes a little longer, maybe like two minutes instead of one, like 30 seconds, but I blew through it in like 30 seconds, I can tell you that. It is purely gut. It's purely gut. If you have enough time to take goofy freaking BuzzFeed like, which Game of Thrones character would wait, you die as? Like, then you have enough time to take this. Wait, I have an idea. What if we reprogram it so that, like, at the end it tells you what Disney princess you are? You're this Disney princess. And it's, like, literally always Belle. And also, did Thanos <laughs> kill you? Thanos, <laughs> you're Belle, and yes, Thanos kills you. Sorry. But take our quiz. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good, guys. I need more votes. Because, again, once once I get the results, it's going to be the definitive answer to the worst name of all time of the and Star Wars. that's going to be carved into the annals of history. In marble statues of the Chumpian. Also, you can rate us up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Or email us at our email address. Or you can go on our Facebook or our Twitter. You know where they are. We talk about all the time. You can visit us online at our website at www.whatslightsabersprecious.com. You should probably get in front of the mic. Recording from the side. That's why it's so quiet. Sorry. I was burping, so I was like no. trying not to make the burp too loud, but then it also made everything else I was saying quiet. So yeah, you should go there and Joanna should update the website. Joanna should go on the website and update it. Um, and this we got. So thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you next week. See you next week. Bye.